guys, quick shout out to all of our sponsors. Started with Taigatu. This is a brand that's based out here in the Northwest, started by two brothers, and their motto is freedom from ordinary. This brand is an amazing lifestyle brand. Go check them out, Taigatu. Use the code TOPRATINGMMA for a discount at the checkout. Reweb, they're a veteran-owned digital marketing agency, and they're on a mission to help one million small businesses and feed one billion people by giving back. In fact, if you go to their website, you can fill out a form right now. They will give you a personalized video review of your website and help you with some strategies for free. Just tell them Top Radio May sent you. Go check them out, rewebbed.com. Combat flags, they do flags like the one behind me and the original combat flag, which is a four by six inch flag made by fatigues that are donated to combat flags from soldiers that wore them. And the cool thing is every combat flag that comes out to you has the story of the soldier that wore that fatigue. They have donated close to $80,000 to Stop Soldier Suicide, a great organization. Go check them out, Combat Flags. Rep Sports, look, this is not your typical supplement store. These guys have everything and they taste great and it's good prices. Protein, weight loss, muscle build, pre-workout, you name it, they've got it. Plus, they're the makers of Ray's Energy. Like I said, go check them out. Rep Sports at TopRatedMMA.com. Use the code TopRatedMMA for 15% off your order and go order them today. CJ, you're a husband, you're a father, coach, entrepreneur, speaker, so much more, man. Thank you so much for taking time, man. I appreciate it. Excellent, Eric. So glad to be with you, man. i like to go back a bit, man. Where'd you grow up and what was childhood like for you? Childhood like for me? Um, basically, I... Pretty good. I had a pretty good childhood, even though I was a child of a couple of divorces. My mom was strong, uh, born in Westchester, New York, which is just outside of New York City, kind of a bedroom community for New York City. And then the revolution of my life happened when I was about 13 years old. My mom got remarried and her husband, my stepfather at the time, was working for IBM, got switched to Texas Instruments, moved my family across the country in the late 70s to Dallas, Texas. Well, I couldn't have spelled Texas before then. <laughs> I'm a New York kid. I'd never been to subdivisions. It was a life transformation. And that's really where I experienced bullying for the very first time. Uh, nothing crazy, but it was very intimidating to be in the suburbs of Texas at the time, especially if you were a Yankee. Yeah. Um, so they used to have bumper stickers on cars that said, love New York, take 35 East. <laughs> Because the big campaigns back then were Love New York. I love New York. And that was the big yeah. tourist campaign. But uh, so they weren't too friendly to us, but I overcame all that. And it was really during that time that kind of shaped me uh, into who I am today because I learned self-reliance and learned not to rely upon things external to me or stature or anything like that. Because I was a little guy from New York. There was nothing I was going to do against all these giants. <laughs> sure. Yeah. In cowboy country. So but that's, <laughs> that, that's where it all started for me. Oh, gotcha, man. Well, you've edited magazines, you've ran a publishing label, you spoke all over the world, you've even, you know, launched a successful marketing company, but what motivated you to be an entrepreneur? Um, well, that's a great question, because I, I think it was my religious circles I used to run in, they celebrated that idea. And I like the idea of, you know, independent rule, the, yeah. the concept of independent self-reliance, self-government politically socially and therefore it carried over into you know vocationally what sure. could i do on my own and when i started i had graduated from art school with a visual communications degree so i was going into the marketing realm and all of that sort of stuff but it was just at the peak of the desktop revolution of the early 90s so for the first time you had people working so i didn't call it an entrepreneur 
Right. He's called it a freelance designer working out of home. Okay. <laughs> just, it was just a home office. It was home-based business. That's what we called it back then. Right. And eventually it became these other things as you begin to apply those same principles to other things. But that's where it started for me. Okay. Okay. Gosh. And you mentioned that you've incorporated heavy metal into your personal development philosophy, but it has very little to do with the music. What is your personal development philosophy? My personal development philosophy could be summed up in one word, which is determination. Yeah. Which would be the opposite of fatalism, which is the way most people live, even though they don't understand what I'm talking about. And I, I've preached this for 10 plus years on metal motivation, and yeah. everybody tells me they don't know what I'm talking about. And I can tell by the likes, comments, and shares, they don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it's in our language when they say, when you look at life and you say, uh, it wasn't meant to be. Uh, if it was meant to be, it'll work out. Uh, you guys weren't meant to be together. Don't know what I'm supposed to do. In search of a destiny. All of these fatalistic terms as if you don't have control, as right. if life is supposed to, is intended by another force besides you. you. know, we can get into the religious discussion, but all that aside, as far as your personal experience, you have no idea yeah. what the force or God or anything else is determined for you. So life is choices. So for me, determination is using your abilities to create desired outcomes. I say it in shorthand is I don't, I'm not in search of a destiny. I've chosen my destination and I'm heading my ass down the road. Come on, man. I love it, dude. But you say your mission is to help equip people to maximize their resources to, you know, for a purpose of greater than themselves. You know, why is that mission so important to you? Because I think it's the definition of success, A, and yeah. B, it's, it's the secret to a better form of happiness. I never, I don't like the word happiness. Happiness is like, I got a new car, I'm happy. I wrecked my car, I'm unhappy. Right. So the pursuit of happiness, you know, I know it's written into our founding documents. I think they meant something a little bit different, but even as the, the film of the same title implies, you know, if I get these little things, I'll be happy, get this job, make this much money, have that relationship, as opposed to a better form of happiness, which is fulfillment. I mean, yeah. Happiness is supposed to be satisfaction. So I don't want to be unsatisfied if something that I'm finding happiness in changes. So right. full, fill, mint. It's got the word full. It's got the word fill in it. And you're never more satisfied than when you're full or when you're fill. <laughs> filled. So, you know, you have to look at lasting happiness that way, which means you're only going to get that not from something external to you per se, but by maximizing all that you are as a person and all that you can do. Man. Yeah. What's that, you know, throughout your years of mental motivation and entrepreneurship, everyone has these failures, but was there a major failure that kind of stuck out to you and how'd you get through that? Uh, the only major failure I really have ever experienced was the demise of the marriage after okay. 25 years. Wow. So before then, failures were okay. I got a B and not an A. I mean, I never had any colossal type of failures. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I've never been really governed by a fear of failure. People like me who tend to be creatives, we more are prone to the fear of success, right? More so than the fear of failure. Um, but in relation to that, the end of that marriage, and I was just thinking about this earlier today, which is funny you ask, um, because it was the most devastating thing I had ever gone through because I'd met my wife when I was 18 years old. Mm. You know, we were married not too long after that. We had kids. So I never experienced my single life lasted about an hour and a half. So okay. I was, you know, married so soon after high school. So I, my twenties, thirties, forties, et cetera, was only, I only know how to be a husband and a father. And I have a philosophy of the family. I call it my trailer park aristocracy. 
So I have a belief about the family. So it was more than just losing a person. It was losing what I had built, a philosophy of multi-generational empire building for my family. So in that sense, it was the most devastating. What did I learn from that? Um, what I learned from that is there were telltale signs long ahead of what happened where certain things could have been avoided. And I could write a book on those. And the, the thing is, is that all of the telltale signs are very, very small. Right. And that's why most marriages, marriages and relationships end. It's not because of infidelity or something like abuse. It's usually because of tons of little things that have just added up over time to where enough is enough. Yeah. So I keep that in mind now in relation to every relationship, work, everything is the devil is in the details. Pay attention to the small things. Constant, never-ending improvement. Yeah, I have that on my wall right here, actually. Constant and never-ending improvement. Literally on my wall <laughs> in my office. That is I'm awesome. I'm not surprised. <laughs> We're from <probably laughs> the same awesome. tribe. Yeah, for sure, man. One thing I really like that you talk about is the daily grind. You know, What's your morning routine look like? My morning routine always begins as I can never imagine it not beginning with coffee. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, coffee is great. Um, it, it's changed over time that my religious days was a little bit more. It was a little bit different. And this year, especially, I've got to kind of attack work sooner than I would. But my ideal morning time is going to be contemplative. So I love to read. I love to because that's when my mind is the most alert. I'm the most fresh. And so that's when I want to do the heavy lifting of heavy reading. So I don't read tripe. I don't read just the latest whatever, you know, nonfiction book. I tend to read heavier, weightier stuff uh, in the morning, not because it's the most interesting stuff in the world, but because it's like taking my head to the gym. Yeah. Because I have to really pay close attention to what I'm reading. That's hard to do when you're tired at night. And it stimulates my thought, gets me expanded. So coffee and reading is usually the way I start my day. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm the early riser, so I'm up at 4 a.m. six days a week. I let myself sleep until 5 a.m. on Sundays, man. Hmm. I'm very, very lazy. <laughs> right? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, I also checked out like you're on. You're part of a, a few different podcasts, including the University of Badassery. You've got Metal to Metal, which I watched the episode that just came out today. Excellent show, by the way. But Thank tell you. me about these podcasts, man. That what's got what? What are these shows about? Um, well, the, the flagship one is University of Badassery. And cool. actually, let me start with the other ones. I, I, I host one called the Savvy Musician Academy, which is okay. uh, for a music marketing company that teaches musicians how to market their music online. So oh, nice. yeah. much probably the same kind of principles you might follow for your own podcast, you know, common social media marketing, email marketing kind of stuff we do for musicians. I do that. Then I do have, you know, metal motivation, which is anybody can go check out and see what that is. It's just the metal philosophy being applied to whatever we're talking about. But the, the really big one, the one that d demands a lot out of me is the university of badassery. And that's because of the guy I'm doing it with, um, who is uh, Pat McNamara, who's a, um, you know, 24 years special forces guys and 13 of those years and, you know, the army's most elite counterterrorism unit. Yeah. Um, those who know, know the name and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but um, yeah, just a gent overall badass dude who five years ago couldn't spell social media <laughs> right. and now had no intention of doing any of that. And then now climbing on close to 400,000 Instagram followers and he's wow. been on Joe Rogan and 
Jocko's podcast and just about everybody's podcast. And he and I got hooked up just on Instagram, making a comment about a video that he did. He saw the name Metal Motivator. I told him because he, he was peeling out in a car, a <laughs> rent-a-car, playing Soulfly. Okay. And I said, I just wrote, good to see somebody motivated by metal. Yeah. He's, he followed back and um, I moved back out here to North Carolina from Texas. And then he and I hooked up and I started with a podcast called Metal Excellence, which he was helping me with. Because he was helping me, it brought in this whole new audience of people. So I said, let's change the name. We went to something I've always used, which is University of Badassery, which is to be a badass, you have to kick ass. The first yeah. ass to kick is your own. Right. And so ever since then, man, it has blown up. That thing has a life of its own. Um, so you got the show sponsors now. And I even have people, we have a coaching squad attached to it, which is an online coaching group. Cool. And I get people who write in like, hey, can, can I come out? Somebody wrote recently, can I come out and just hang out with you and Mac, Mac for a few hours? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, and he said, because I know you guys are about to be huge and there's not going to be that much opportunity anymore. Wow. And I said, well, huge online and huge offline is two completely different things. Huge online, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But not to the fact that we're off Galvent and whatever. So especially after 2020, being huge is a, is a relative term. But that thing literally does have, and that's, even though there's the metal aspect to it, because he's a metalhead too, um, it's really much more for a wider audience. And it's great because he's on so many things and so many people are interested in him that this show actually gives an opportunity to show different dimensions of him because he'll talk about anything. Yeah. But when he's on somebody else's show, they always ask him the same damn questions about his military past, what was your <laughs> hardest moment, blah, blah, blah. You know, so this gives him the chance to talk about how he used to watch Bugs Bunny as a kid, you know, okay. yeah. literally all over the spectrum, but people love that thing. But to say university of badassery, you know, it's tongue in cheek. You know what I mean? Cause we don't get on there acting like, you know, you often see people try to be Billy badass online and right. we're not that way at all. We're, we're very self-confident. We'll drive minivans, man. Yeah. 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 I love it, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I want to do a shift to a couple fun questions here for us. I've got these things are called pod decks. Uh, essentially, they're just random questions for us podcasters, man. I love using them. Oh, wow. That's and, great. Uh, they're fun to pull out. I pull out one at random, and hopefully it's not a flop, but we'll see what it says here. What would you do if you were invisible for a day? <laughs> wow, that's a great question. What would I do if I was invisible for a day? Um, I'd go to my girlfriend's house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. What was the first concert you went to? First concert was the Doobie Brothers. Okay, okay. Mine was Richard Marks. Uh, oh, no so, kidding. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. my dad took me to see Richard Marks for my first concert. And then my 13th birthday took me to see Rod Stewart. And uh, man, just uh, it, my dad was this musician guy, big influence for me too. So yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite band? Uh, I mean, I guess there'd be two ties for my all-time favorite band. doesn't mean I listen to them daily or anything, but my two all-time favorite bands would be Metallica and Van Halen, the original. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. So I go back and forth between those two, but I guess okay. if I had to say, put a gun to my head, I'd say Metallica would be my favorite band. Man, they're such a great band. I, I had the uh, honor of being able to see those guys back in like 96 Lollapalooza Okay. And then I saw them again at, at Central League Field out in Seattle with like 60,000 people, man. And, and just insane. Yeah, I saw them in the early days, man. I saw them uh 83, I think. Oh, wow. saw, saw Iron Maiden on the Number of the Beast tour. 
Okay. 19, 1982 in New York City. Um, Come on. Yeah. So, so Doobie Brothers was back earlier than that. So there wasn't a whole lot of the kind, these kind of bands at that time, you know. Uh, yeah. So Doobie Brothers was, was tame enough. I don't <laughs> remember the, you know, the, I mean, all I remember from that show, I mean, I was young, but not, not a baby or anything like that. But yeah, I just remember the smell of the weed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for I was sure. like, what's that smell? Somebody had to tell me what it was. I didn't know what it was, but yeah, that's what I remember about the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> that's so great, man. Uh, two business questions for you. Can anyone be an entrepreneur? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I think you can be entrepreneurial, mm -hmm. which means you can be innovative. You can be a self-starter. You can handle enterprises. Um, you can operate with initiative. But what it takes, 5% of the population, they say, is entrepreneurial. So, you know, that the numbers tell you it's not necessarily for everybody, but you can be, part-time can be a great gig, but uh, I don't think everybody can be, but you can certainly be, and I would encourage you to be entrepreneurial, which means your value is determined by the problem you solve, which is why you pay the lawyer more than you pay the plumber. So increase your ability to solve problems and increase your value no matter where you are. Man. That's great. Does it take money to make money? Um, no, I think you can make money without it. Um, in the online space, you sure. certainly can. And even in the old days, you know, you can build things up slowly, one at a time. It takes money to make money fast. Yes. But to make money in the long run, no, you don't need money. Gotcha. Man, CJ, such an honor to have you on my show today, man. This is so good. Thank you so much for coming on, man, and taking oh, the time. Bet. Dude, it's great to be with you. Great to meet you. Love your spirit. Love your attitude, man. I get a feeling this won't be the last time we'll talk. Yeah, anytime, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. You bet. Hey, thank you so much for watching the show today. I so appreciate it. Please leave a comment down below. Leave us a review. Share this video. We want to get it in front of as many people as we can. I'm going to continue to bring on the best guests possible from world changers, entrepreneurs, success-minded people, and the best up-and-coming fighters real fighters, real stories. We are creating visionaries here on this channel.